This is a News 1045 WOKV special presentation tracking the tropics. Preparing you for the 2016 hurricane season. Now, here's your host, Rich Jones. Hey, good morning at 836. Rich Jones in studio with three emergency operations center directors from Northeast Florida as we dive deep into the questions about preparation for the 2016 Atlantic hurricane season. You cannot judge the dangerousness of a hurricane uh, based on the fact that in the past it dissipated or it missed you. And history is not on our side. We have not had a landfall hurricane in the state of Florida in more than 10 years. It has never happened before. We wanted to help to answer any questions that you have as you prepare your home, your property, your family, uh, loved ones in Northeast Florida, and the entire state of Florida as well with uh, what you need to know. We're led here by Chief Meteorologist uh, from Action News Jacks, uh, Mike Burrish, who is uh, delving deep into the hurricane season. Steve Woodard to my left, the Emergency Operations Center Director in Duval County, John Ward, Deputy Director from the Clay County Emergency Management, Linda Stoughton from St. John's County Emergency Operations Center. Linda, I mean, we were talking on Facebook Live here before we got started on the radio. The preparation that you all do doesn't begin today. You've been preparing for months, I would imagine. We have been preparing for months, reviewing plans, going through staff training. And when you think of disaster preparedness, it's all hazards, not just hurricanes. But if you're prepared for a hurricane, you're prepared for a tornado or a flood. So we encourage people to be prepared year-round. But with June 1st, it is the start of the Atlantic hurricane season. And this is the time to shop early, have your supplies, review your family plan, and go through your family's checklist to make sure you're prepared for the summer. And, John Ward, as, as you start to really spread the word in Clay County, I would imagine that the communication probably ratchets up after June 1st. And, and really, typically, historically, this is kind of a quiet part for us. We don't get into the meat of hurricane season until... Until August, September, October, but we've had two name storms already. We've had Beryl before. We've had Andrea before. We've had um, Debbie before. All early in the season, Beryl was actually Memorial Day weekend four years ago, so you almost need to get that communication started earlier, don't you? And, and that's, as Linda said, it's kind of it, that all-hazard preparedness that we want to keep folks prepared. June 1st, the beginning of Atlantic hurricane season, kind of gives us an opportunity to ratchet up the communications to our citizens, but it's really just making sure they're prepared at any time, whether it be hurricane seasons, tornadoes, or wildfires. Reaching out and uh, getting into the public is something that I know Steve Woodard in the city of Jacksonville is doing today. You all have a news conference a little bit later today. What are the key messages you really want to make sure you get out there and probably hammer home week after week, month after month, all the way through the end of November? Rich, uh, thank you for having us this morning. And certainly as we go into this year's hurricane season, it's important to make sure that everyone is prepared. But it really is a year-round effort, and we try to do that here in Jacksonville, making sure that our community is prepared for any type of situation that we might have. And certainly this time of year, we want to encourage people to make sure that they are prepared for hurricane season by having a plan, knowing their evacuation zone, and putting together a kit in case we have to evacuate in the event of a storm. How worried are you about complacency, Steve? And it's certainly, as you mentioned earlier, it's been a long time since this part of the the state has uh, experienced a, a hurricane, a direct hit. The last uh, hurricane was uh, Dora in 1964. So you know, it's been over 50 years, and the community has certainly changed in the last 50 years with a, a larger population and certainly a lot of people who've never experienced a hurricane. So we want to make sure that people understand that uh, it is an area that has had hurricanes in the past, and we should always be prepared. John, it doesn't have to be a Category 3 hurricane off the coast of Jackson. 
Jacksonville Beach that could lead to major um, impacts in our area. We think of Black Creek and the impact that we've seen on Black Creek with previous storms as well, with storm surge and flooding. I mean, can can you try to drive home that message of the dangers that are out there and being lulled into a false sense of security because we think, oh, my God, it's just a tropical storm or just a tropical depression? That could be a really big issue for a lot of property owners in your county. Yes, sir, that is correct. As you mentioned back in uh, 2012 when we had Beryl and Debbie, both small tropical systems that come through that caused large-scale floodings, in fact, record flooding in our South Prong areas. So folks really need to stay in tune that even though it's like the low-pressure system coming up through South Carolina now, they can dump vast amounts of water in our area and cause significant flooding. Linda, how how worried are you about the complacency thing? Is that something that keeps you up at night necessarily as an emergency operations director? We do feel we have an inexperienced public. Uh, St. John's County has seen incredible growth over the last 10 years in our community with people moving in from other places. And we haven't had any storms for that experience. So we are concerned that people don't understand that we are going to have low-lying areas flood, that we have the... Um, capacity to have over 20 feet of storm surge along the Atlantic Ocean, and also that the St. John's River has storm surge that comes off of it should we have a hurricane or a storm that comes west to east or a storm that impacts the St. John's River. So Actually, those those come as educational points for us when we do communicate with the public that they understand we will have storm surge possibly on both sides of our county. Educating all those new people who have moved to the area. Action News Jack's chief meteorologist, Mike Burris, you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago as we put together our podcast, which you can get right now at WOKV.com under the weather tab. How do you take it in terms of the education of the public uh, in terms of putting together forecasts and plans with so many new people who move into the marketplace and they may not know like what Linda's talking about? about where, you, what, where the flood areas may be, issues related to storm surge and the like. Well, and that's a good point and a great question, and that's one of our big concerns is the fact that so many people have moved into the area since our last storms during the 04 and 05 hurricane season, or, or 08 if you want to count Faye, and uh, were terrific and horrific rainmakers for us along with isolated tornadoes. So what I'll always try to do is compare and, and uh, show illustrate what these storms might do from a flooding standpoint from a wind standpoint how long might you have to hunker down would you maybe not be able to get to the grocery store or to the gas station or will it not matter will you be able to get there tomorrow which is really a key in people's preparation for the storms and above all staying calm is something i can't emphasize enough people that are prepared will endure and then recover from the storm far faster than those that do not and make sure you always communicate with the family everybody in the family all the kids especially communicate with them make sure that they stay calm if you stay calm so will the kids yeah you were telling me a story the other day mike about uh turning off the gas knowing how to turn off the gas at your home this the story that that the burrishes have in their household you got a wrench that's like right there you and your wife both know how to turn it off and it never moves from that area yeah that's right. It's a great point. Of course, many, many homes have gas flowing into the homes. So what we recommend is that you have a wrench that's ready to shut off that gas valve if necessary, if your house or your neighborhood is compromised by a storm, so that that wrench can be immediately found. It fits the nut on that shutoff valve, and then all it is is a crank, and your gas is shut off, and it's a good way, an easy way, really, of protecting your home during uh, and after a storm in particular, mainly after a storm when there are many gas leaks. And again, it shouldn't be just one person that knows how to do that. It needs to be somebody else in the house, too. If you're like me, you're going to be at work during the storm. So if your house is compromised, somebody else there, too, needs to know how to take care of things. I would imagine emergency operations center directors, you all have spouses who prob- or someone in the house who knows that because you're all going to be working, too, aren't you? 
Yes, very much so. For a long period of time. And and when when does your personal plan go into place then? I mean, have, have you already run the drill in the house? And, you know, we had a question pop up on Facebook. How many days of water should be in my hurricane kit at the house? We recommend three to five. And if you can store seven, that's even better. Um, it's always good to think that you're going to be isolated for a period of time before resources will be able to get to you. If you're in an isolated place where there's flooding and down power lines, we will have to clear the roads to be able to get to you. So three to five is the basics, but if you can stretch it to seven, that would actually give you a little bit more time in case resources have a uh, delay getting to you. John, as uh, we consider some of the other things that people need to be prepared about, and Mike Burrs was just talking about, be calm. Now's the time. It's calm. It's sunny. It's beautiful right now. We're not worried about anything necessarily in the tropics at this moment in time. What's that calm checklist of things that, that you think uh, maybe people don't always take advantage of now before we get into the heart of something, and then we start talking about a storm that may be off our coast, and we uh, see a run on people going to the stores to stock up on the water and the ice and the things like that. Well, I think as as Mike stated, you know, you're looking at the the wrench, the food, the water, um, having plans to get medications if needed, having plywood ready, that type of thing to be able to shutter your windows. Because as we've seen in the past, when you when if you wait till the storm comes in, it's going to be rushing to the store, and there's going to be long lines and delays and doing that preparedness. So if you have that plan together and you have those items together now, as he stated, you'll be able to recover much better. Are you concerned about all the new people who've moved into Clay County as well and making sure that the message is getting out to the Fleming Islands and the Eagle Harbor and the places where we've seen all these new residents move into the area? As Linda said, our the whole Northeast Florida areas saw a significant growth in population. Um, younger generations, folks that aren't familiar with Florida, the storms, that type thing. So yes, it's, it's a complacency in folks that are not familiar with it because it's been so long since we've received a storm that most of the generation here fortunately has not faced it so as we're out there pushing the message they've not seen a storm so they don't take it seriously for from us there's a new emergency alert system in clay county there is uh, we've actually replaced our code red system with a new system called alert clay county and we encourage our residents to go to alert.claycountygov.com and sign up for those uh, emergency messages all counties in northeast florida have an emergency messaging system which allows us to reach out to the residents either before storm after a storm anything along those lines to be able to take protective actions. Steve Woodard in Duval County with the, with the largest number of, of residents. I mean, how much communication is happening behind the scenes where you're talking to John and John's talking to Linda and everyone? I mean, you were talking back in the green room and you all know each other quite well. I would imagine there's some good relationships at play here with our emergency directors. It's, it's really important to note that as a community, we really do work together. Uh, we have the contiguous counties here that all have populations that if we evacuate one area, they're going to be passing through our neighbors. So we want to make sure that we work together and, and we communicate, especially when we do have a storm that's approaching. But we, we work together on a daily basis. Flood maps, floodplains, have they changed much in recent years? Where's, where's a good place for people to go to be able to get answers to those questions? Especially in Jacksonville, we have a really great mobile app. It's Jack's Ready. Uh, it's jacksready.com. Uh, you can see the evacuation zones that uh, the city has. You can also see evacuation routes. What sort of things are happening behind the scenes now? We had Bonnie that was kind of there, but uh, Mike nailed it on the forecast that the impact here was going to be pretty pretty tame. I mean, rip currents at the beaches can be deadly, and they can certainly be really dangerous for inexperienced swimmers. But beyond that we knew it wasn't going to be much of a but is that an opportunity where you say all right let's get everyone together and start talking about it and making sure that we're planning for you know that next thing that may be out there yeah and certainly that's that's a year around process but uh, especially as we look at the beginning of hurricane season uh, we were in tallahassee yesterday 
for a conference with the uh, National Weather Service and FEMA, just getting the most up-to-date information about products that we'll be getting from the National Weather Service this year. Do we have a worst-case scenario? Greg is wondering on Facebook. What does it look like if we ever trained with, say, the National Guard or federal emergency management agencies to ensure that the worst-case scenario, if it were to ever, God forbid, happen here, that we can activate? Certainly, we uh, work closely with the state and then with our federal partners at FEMA. And uh, we, we just uh, talked to the FEMA regional representative yesterday, and, and we have good liaison with them. And if we do have a threat here, we're going to be reaching out early and making sure that we get the help on the ground when we need it. John, what's the worst-case scenario in Clay County? Is it flooding? Well, I think, yes, you're dealing with flooding, but it's also depending on what type of storms coming in. We could see a, a significant impact inland by, as the crow flies. We're only you know, 40 miles inland, so that's not that far in to be protected from a significant storm coming in, either in Duval or St. John's counties. But, yes, we're always monitoring the flooding because, as we say, we have storm surge that could push up the river, which, and then any rainfall that's in advance of the storm is also not going to have any way to flow out because, as we know, the river flows north out into the ocean. So you're not going to have that outflow that you need for the rain. Tropical Storm Faye was a major rainmaker. It was a Category 1 hurricane off our coast before it ended up making landfall eventually. I would imagine, Linda Stoughton, you weren't the EOC director at the time, but probably still was working not. with the county. I mean, was was that a worst-case scenario, or what is the worst-case scenario in St. John's? No, tropical Storm Faye was not a worst-case scenario, but we did have $1.5 million worth of damage from Tropical Storm Faye, and I was actually deputy director at the time, mm-hmm. and we did some minimal evacuations. One, we have two worst-case scenarios. One would be a direct landfall from a major hurricane causing us a great deal of storm surge along our Atlantic coastline. But when you look back, some of the cases that we study are any storms that would parallel the entire state of Florida, starting in South Florida and parallel coming up our coast, pushing large amounts of traffic north, mm-hmm. making it more difficult for northeast Florida to evacuate at the time we would need to evacuate. I'm glad you said that because where we'll pick up the conversation coming up will be to focus on the evacuation routes, lessons learned from prior evacuations that we had had as well on the special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. You're listening to Tracking the Tropics, preparing you for the 2016 hurricane season on News 1045 WOKV. 855. We were just talking on Facebook Live a couple of minutes ago about uh, the dangers of social media. Action News Jack's chief meteorologist Mike Burrish is here in this special roundtable with our emergency operations center directors from Duval, St. John's, and Clay Counties. Mike, social media is such an asset to you, I would imagine, the first alert weather center, but it can also be somewhat dangerous, can't it? Yeah, it can, and the, and the problem being, of course, false information or false reports. And I know our emergency managers, um, we all try when when it matters most, when public safety is is potentially in peril, uh, we all want to be on the same page and giving out the same information, the useful information, and making sure that people know exactly what's going to happen, what we recommend for them to do. And sometimes that means staying in place, which can't be emphasized enough, sheltering in place, that only those people that really need to evacuate are doing so. But social media is an asset, but at the same time, you have to be very careful what you see and read on social media, no doubt. If you have to evacuate, Steve Woodard, we were talking about this one off the air as well. In Jacksonville, we we learned from 1999 when we had so many people from South and Central Florida who were evacuating through Jacksonville, um, the the mayor at the time made a call to the governor or to um, Emergency Operations Center in Florida, and they didn't really have a plan necessarily in place uh, to be able to kind of quickly turn I-10 all westbound. What's changed there? Do we have that plan still in place? 
The key to a successful evacuation is getting the people that need to evacuate to leave early, and we do have a plan to do that. Uh, the state is responsible for the uh, the interstate highways, and we'll make any call about reversing the lanes. Uh, we're going to rely upon getting our population, our people out early, working with the surrounding counties to make sure that we consider what impacts uh, that we'll have with our people moving either north or south or to the west. And uh, we will uh, make sure that we have it as efficient as we can, but the key is going to be getting the people who need to evacuate to leave uh, early and uh, before we have the onset of tropical storm force winds. Steve Woodard is the emergency preparedness chief in Duval County. Linda Stoughton from St. John's County with all the new development that we've seen. That's probably changed evacuation routes, hasn't it? Really hasn't changed evacuation routes, Rich. We still have basically the same traffic pattern. What we're doing, though, is trying to make them more efficient by putting in additional officers, traffic control points, and we are actually have just started a new traffic evacuation planning um, committee that's working on our evacuation planning for the county. How about for Clay County, John Ward, with the Emergency Operations Center and some of the more rural areas or areas that uh, may may not necessarily be able to just quickly get up and get right to the highway. The decision to actually make the call and ring the bell and say it's time to evacuate, that's got to be a tough decision for you all. Well, and and yes, it is. Obviously, we've got communities along the river, along Black Creek, and then we also have a lot of low-lying areas that would be flooding. And as Steve and Linda said, you know, we are working together because a lot of the traffic from St. John's County is going to be coming through Clay. So as our citizens are asked to leave, it is a zoned approach. So know your zone and listen to the local authorities when they leave because there's reasonings behind staggering the various zones that we have to get folks out in an expeditious time. We'll keep the conversation going on Facebook Live. If you have a question, feel free to weigh in there or join the conversation there by watching our live video. John Ward, Linda Stoughton, uh, Duval County Emergency Preparedness Chief Steve Woodard, Mike Burrish, thank you all so much. And this is just part of the conversation that will continue going forward in the months ahead in the 2016 Atlantic hurricane season.